cutting it short today. Man City have won the treble. Man City have won the Champions League. Have at it. You cut out. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know. Lag. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that again. All right. <laughs> Man City have won the Champions League. Man City have won the treble. Have at it, Orlando. How about it, boys? How about it, Brian? It's really good to talk to you completely and utterly fucked up right now. I just took a great, great sip of some wonderful beer. I've had a couple blunts. I have notes. Although the game feels so long ago, I have no problem in talking about it. I'm clearly ecstatic, jubilant. Never thought it was really possible. The fucking treble. I mean, the treble. The treble, dude. Like, it's not, you can't, no one goes into a season and is just like, yeah, we're going to just do the treble. Like, that's realistic. Liverpool. I'm so mad I even just said their name. But the fact that those fuckers had the quadruple there for a little bit, going into like maybe January, February, and then kind of lost it. Dude, it's, it's, this is incredible. Tin Pot Club, Oil Club, Little City, the smallest big club in the world. Just so proud, so happy. What I mean, it wasn't the wasn't the the the, the most beautiful champagne ball, but it's ball that gets you to pop bottles. That's what it needed to be. That's what it ended up being. I mean, I'm fucked up right now, man. I'm gonna need you to take the wheel on this because I'm just there's so many different places I can go. I mean, we got salty United fans and DMs reaching. I got jubilant. And my wife's in the other room. She's taking care of our child. You know, she loves the pod. She listens. She laughs at me. She knows shout I'm Shout out moron. to the wifey. Yeah, shout out to the wifey. Shout out to, shout out to your fiance, bro. I, I was hope she was helping you. I, we were messaging the other day about something a little bit that you're going through. And that that I was talking to my wifey about that and how I had some issues. What's that? With the neck. The hurt oh, neck, neck, bro. Yeah, I still can't fucking turn all the way. Yeah, dude. Like chiropractor, all the way to go. You need to get you know get right every, every now and then. At least that's just my thoughts. But... I'm not trying to get sidetracked, dog. I had ex-flings that were United fans that are from England getting in my DMs, getting salty after FA. Shout out to you, Hannah Thompson. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Shout out to uh, the Madrid fans getting into my DMs, giving me fair props, but also talking that shit about how Holland is coming. I find it laughable that the first thing you want to reach for after we just beat your ass and over two legs and spread those cheeks is how you want our best player. Laughable. Did that really happen? I missed that. It sure did. I mean, he they're they're all over it. They're all over it. They're trying to, you know, oh, he's completed everything he can there. You know, it's time for him to go. <clears throat> yeah, just keep that bullshit going. Um, Anfield Watch, I want to give a shout out to you, you fat, saggy tit fuck. I find it hilarious that you cannot acknowledge the trouble that Manchester City just did. You want to cry about how it's unjustified, and yet you sit there 
with a straight face and the same mouth plead for the same money that helped us get to where we are. You contradictory, dumb, fat fuck. I would welcome the opportunity to debate with you how idiotic and moronic it could possibly be for you with your own two fucking eyes that you watch your own club with can look at Manchester City and not simply give a tipping of the cap to the ball that you watch. You prick, I hope we continue to bash your fucking club in. I hope Klopp continues to talk with the German side mouth and bitching about the money we have that he doesn't. That guy cries more than my child that is yet to be born in God's blessing in about a month. It is incredible to me how the hatred for City doing the treble, it's it's almost it's all together, the coalition of hate has come strong these last days. And I personally love every bit of it. It fuels me. I target it. The receipts have been kept. I still haven't heard from Patrice Evra. Great French back who played for United, who loves to talk, who wear, who wore a beautiful red uh, a blazer to the Man City second leg game at home against Madrid. He had the audacity to wear the red, stand out in a crowd of blue, now, sir, shame on you. Step the fuck up. Come outside and speak with your tail between your legs like every bit of stupid United fans are coming out. Well, ours is better. Ours was without money. Fun fact. Google would tell you that the season prior of you doing the treble, you had and bought at the time the most expensive center back and the most expensive attacker on your roster. Shut the fuck up about money. You've had money and you don't do shit with it. City are better. But United are a bigger club. I don't even want to talk about... Oh, sure. Yes, correct. Manchester United are one of the most international known entities and are a bigger, bigger club. But Manchester City is better. Better. You are bigger. We are better. We went through you. To do this treble. You could have stopped it a week ago. You could have shut it all the fuck down. But you didn't. We did it through you. Look at the look at who we went through. Arsenal. 92% of the league. Dominating young force not to be reckoned with. Got slapped by him United. Got a lucky ass call by the referee to give you the win United. Arsenal doing things. Took care of business. Both games. If you look at the points alone. Both games could have decided the league. You go to the champion, you go to the FA Cup. We were seven, six and zero oh in the FA Cup. We did not let a single goal in open play. You look at the Champions League, and we did not lose. Not a single fucking game in group stage. Seven wins and five draws. We went through Bayern Munich. We went through Man- uh, Real Madrid, not Manchester United. I'm sorry, no, not in the Champions League. Those fucks were where Europaing it up. So they weren't, they, they weren't in this conversation. They couldn't have stopped it in the Champions League. Went through Inter Milan. Pedigree, history, same thing City don't have. Well, now every one of them and every club that got slapped on the way to this are now part of our history. You now get to be part of the record books of what City have done. You want to talk about history? We just made it. Your kids' kids will be talking about what your club had to deal with those years. And I'm going to love every bit of it.
Game looks so far away, man. Looks so far away from me. I honestly, I got notes on it, but I don't know. What did you think about the game? Wasn't the prettiest. I'll acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it because I thought it was going to be a slapping. So um, I enjoyed that it was a close game. Yeah, it's Yeah, it was a close game. Uh, Inner had more chances, good chances, than I thought that they would. Um, mm. Lukaku really fucked up again. It's just mm. like in the World Cup against Croatia. <clears throat> Some of those chances he had would have been easier to make than to miss, and he missed them. Um, yeah, I think it was kind of uh, at a standstill most of the game. Neither team could really do what they wanted to do. No, not much attacking. You guys had a couple good chances, um, but not you know nothing, nothing thorough. Nothing like the the Man City we're used to, where mm-hmm. dominating the ball and just chance after chance after chance. It was uh, you know Inter Inter had a good game plan. They executed it, and mm-hmm. if you asked them. If they did what they wanted to do besides win the game, they did what they w- wanted to do, I would assume. They kind of had you at a stalemate for most of the game. They got some good chances. They just didn't put them away. So I think they really can't be too upset with the performance. They could be oh. upset with the result. But, um, you know, just quality. They, they don't have quality going forward. Uh, Latara Martinez, I still don't understand the hype over him. I don't think he's good at all. I would have rather have Eddie and Ketia over him, and I'm dead serious. I would rather have Balogun over him, and I'm dead serious. I, don't I watched see the Eddie hype. and Ketia perform when Gabby Asus was out, so <clears throat> Eddie is not as far fetched as people would think, just because he's not getting everyday minutes at Arsenal. Eddie yeah. and Ketia hit hit buckets. I saw it with myself. Like Latoto can't do that. And you wonder why Julian Alvarez, who's younger than him, comes in and starts. Like, yeah, I mean, it's no mystery why he stole the starting position. (laughs) And then just an even worse performance from Lukaku. I mean, that header, he hits it right at Ederson. He had the whole net open on the right and uh, hit it right at Ederson. And then he also blocked a goal. So, I mean, from an inter standpoint, I don't think you can be upset with the performance, the finishing you can. The result you can, but yeah. I think they pretty much did what they needed to do. They kept it close. They stifled City's attack for the most part. I mean, the goal you guys did get was a fantastic finish. Probably yeah. a very low XG on that one. I wouldn't. I would probably say that was wasn't too high of an XG. And um, I'm gonna have to look at. I truly haven't even looked at. This is what I will tell you. Oh, it's not high. I don't think finish, they were. Yeah, uh, the first half stats, real quick. Five, six points max. Holland chance. Oh my God. What a ball by Kevin. Just didn't seem like he got his footing right, but still, nevertheless, you got to finish that. Kevin looked off. Gundo too. I just thought the passing was not right. Obviously we saw what happens to Kevin later in the game. Uh, even in the first half, Johnny stones, man, fucking hell boy. God, I'm just, I, I, I'm in awe on what that man does. Um, I also noted this felt like the NFL. There was so much fucking physicality in that first half. I just felt like, I mean, Overall in the game, we had 16 fouls for Inter, 13 for City. So there were a lot of fouls. Only five total red cards. I mean, that's absurd. 29 fouls, and you had uh, five cards. Uh, That's kind of crazy. Kevin Hurt. That, I'd like to address this for a second. So this man was playing with 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 a pretty much ripped up hammy for 
about two months, he said, after the game. He also said that in the game, he completely tore it and ripped it, like completely tore it, like he knew, like he was done. So, my God, just the perseverance, the fortitude to give us everything and get to that point. And also, everyone gets signs from their manager and who they believe and what they do and have the confidence and the trust. And every club is different. You know, I mean, Brian, I think you can attest to the times where coming into a big game or a big match against someone like Europa and you see the lineup and you're kind of like, okay, this is clear sign from Arteta, you know, what the deal is. And that's why I think it's such a unique sport, maybe similar to baseball. Basketball, it's kind of determined, right? You know what it is. But like baseball, like you kind of see the lineup and you're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, based on who's hitting and what the plan is, what the approach is. I I think football is such or, or, you know, European football is such a unique uh, experience when trying to look at lineups because you really get a good understanding of how things play out. But I also think when you get a moment like what happened with Kevin needed to be off and you get an, an absolute wonder boy to come in, Phil Foden, and the trust that Pep has for him. I mean, future thoughts. We now know what the future is for that 10 spot and who we is and who we know long-term is replacing Kevin. That was a clear sign from Pep. We now know also with reports, Kevin is going to miss the start of next season with this completely torn hamstring. He might and never be the same again. Yeah, well, I mean, you, know, you fully it. tear your hamstring at that age. That's going to be a that's a major injury. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not I'm not going to speculate as to anything until I understand the full you know severity of it. That's Kevin speaking on it. Fully torn hamstring is the severity of it. That's been said, right? No, by Kevin. Like no one, I don't uh, even a doctor has gotten to him yet. Like he said, yeah, I, I, I felt mean, it. Doctors I feel, definitely I, got to him. You guys have doctors on staff, I would hope. Yeah, sure, maybe. I mean, it could be the case. It, it could be very well the, the full turn hamstring. Um, they may have to sew his leg back on like they did Woody in Tour Story. I don't know. We'll, we'll end up seeing how it plays out. Um, I, I'm just not gonna speculate as to what's gonna happen the rest of the. Imp- I need to know the impact of the injury before I speculate as to the severity of it and his legacy. Uh, next year, we know he's not gonna probably start the season. And with us pulling Phil in and us looking at wingers as of probably this morning, that's going to be a very interesting kind of plan and how that targets. So that's kind of the end of my first half thoughts. You know, I thought that was really telling uh, just so much trust in Phil to come in at that moment and, and really provide for us attacking quality, which he gets a good shot in the second half. But going into the fir- at halftime, I will admit 2021 Porto vibes felt like Chelsea. I was nervous. Yeah. Weren't getting through, finding ways. Those scoundrels were playing physical, you know? So I felt it. Yeah. I think like five minutes before Rodri scored, I text you, yeah, this isn't looking good. Cause I was, I was, I was getting the same vibe too. I was yeah. like, they're going to get something. Like it's going to be a shithouse goal and it's going to be one nothing. Cause yeah. the XG at halftime, I, I pulled it up 0.35 to 0.2 Man City. <sighs> and then the overall XG for the game. You guys didn't even get one XG. So that was definitely a low XG from yeah. uh, Chance from Rodri. And um, Inner had a two. Just, I'm not, there's no cap when I'm saying it would have been harder for Lukaku to miss those, to make those, um, to miss them than make them. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, they had good chances, way better than I expected. Yeah. I figured they'd probably have one really good chance the whole match and they got to bury it. But they had two or three. So, so my, yeah, no, my second half, you know, I, I, like I shared that the, the, the Porto vibes, 
the Akanje goof. You want to oppress, you want to uh, approach that real quick for a second? You get a ball back played. I don't know if it was John Stones or I don't know who exactly played the ball back. Kanji gets it. But all night we were passing. Some of our passes were heavy in between players. And there were moments where one player, it would be one player's ball, but it would be such a, like a ball that was just coming in hot that just kept going. Ultimately, the next player that was kind of in line in the same area ends up taking it. Case in point here is where Akanji ball comes in. He's it's 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 heavy. It's going out. It's speeding through him, and he's just like, okay, well, Eddie's got it, and he continues to run off. Akanji literally puts his head down, and is just thinking, okay, he's got it. Let me spread myself over here to make sure we have the spacing that's correct. Doesn't even bother to look up and get it. Lotoro, being as trash as he is, gets an absolute moment. Ederson commits. I, I, I'm sorry. I get it. I I rag on Eddie. Twenty six out of the thirty saves from Ederson in this Champions League tournament. By the way, finishes with the best uh, uh, percentage. Uh, and I said I could see him having a stinker and letting in a yeah. bad one, <laughs> but he did yeah. the opposite. So props. It's uh, it's crazy that, and I think the best save that he had. Uh, you can't really give him credit for the Lukaku. He's just right there. I mean, Lukaku literally hit at the keeper. Like it's incredible how you couldn't hit any other part of the fucking yeah. goal. I mean, it's just he you're barely trapped. had a reflex or a reaction. Mm -hmm. he, he just. He just yeah. hit it right at him. Right at him. It was like a magnet to him. The other one, the DeMarco off the post comes back to him and he hits it. I know it was off his foot, but if you continue to watch, Ruben Diaz is on the goal line. Now, of course, the, it could go by Ruben and anything, but Ruben Diaz was there when DeMarco gets a header down and it literally goes off of Lukaku's header or ankle. So it, it, it's kind of like, like wrong place, which if you look back, He's kind of infamous for being. I don't know if that's an actual mistake on him or if he's just the players who are actually making contact with the ball need to do better about avoiding him. But I've seen it in Belgium. I've seen it plenty of times where someone bring swings a ball in, gets a header on it, and it literally domes Lukaku like all the time. So I don't know if that's a thing with him, but it, it, it was an issue here in this game. Um, but Lutodo fucked up had a clear opportunity to feed lukaku ruben diaz was back to cover but i'm very confident lukaku would have hit that at the least because ederson was committed and lototo tries to get a shot and curl it around ederson just an absolute moronic opportunity dude i just shit my pants at that moment honestly it was unbelievable um that stuck out for me uh i told you about the demarco miss um and like i said Still fucked up, but not champagne football, but football that gets bottles popping. I, it's enough to win against United and yeah. against Inter. It was just enough, and that's I don't give a fuck. I mean, it's your first Champions League. It's gonna it was gonna be ugly. It always was gonna be ugly, but you got the job done. And um, Jack Grealish certainly celebrating the occasion. Oh my God, Brian, that man. <laughs> He he is literally trying to find out what it's like living on alcohol for 72 hours. I mean, let's just let me give you a full breakdown of this, okay? Saturday night, Istanbul. You've just won the Champions League and the treble. Okay? You party in Istanbul all night. You don't shower. You do not shower. The next morning to fly back, you still 
in your fucking jersey, in your cane jersey, are drinking on the plane. You get back to Manchester. You have a parade the next day. The current day is Sunday. You and the Blads and all the boys decide to fly to Ibiza. You have since, I don't know, I cannot confirm nor deny if this man has showered since at this point. They all fly to Ibiza. They've, they, this is all confirmed. This is all on Twitter. Like it, city fans are absolutely loving this level of partying. Check this. Sunday, they go to Ibiza and they get an entire, they fly in on a PJ and get an entire floor of hotel. They want the whole floor. No one off can touch that floor. They all have the rooms. They go to the club that night. They all party so fucking hard, Brian, that they never use the rooms. They never make it back to the hotels. They literally went from the club back to the jet because they have to get back for the parade today. That is how hard these fucking players have partied. That is levels, bro. Levels. The fuckery to see this today was wild to me. All on Jack's IG. All like rant. Like the the most fun I've had in the last few days is truly finding the IGs that go live. Whether it's Ederson, even Kevin did it. Kevin, I'm so proud of Kevin being completely fucked up today. Seeing him dancing and seeing him be next level, fucking hammered. It was awesome to see. I hope every fan gets an opportunity to kind of see behind the scenes shit like that. Because the levels to their partying, to go to the club in Ibiza and not, and make it straight from the club and say, we don't even got time to go to the hotel. We got to go back on the fucking jet. That is levels, bro. Levels. Jack might die of poisoning. And he's got to perform in like a week for the Euros. This is wild. Yeah, he's not playing in those games. He sure as fuck not. Yeah, nope. he shouldn't. Nope, nope, nope. But um, yeah. So Champions League treble. Um, you you kind of went at the haters right away, but um, some news broke today that Pep probably leaving in two years. So is this the last run with Pep? The last couple years with Pep? Do you believe the reports? Uh, I do not re- believe the reports. Well, let me let, let me let me. I'm sorry. Pep and his team are saying no extension are coming or an extension will not come. I don't know that I, I, I'm not going to dismiss the possibility of that. What I will say is let's just talk about two years. Okay. Two years, two years ago, Lionel Messi was an option for Manchester city. Cristiano Ronaldo was a was an option for, for, for Manchester city. There was speculation about Pep was going to sign or not sign. This is how Pep operates. He commits to the time that he has. And the reason why you have this answer with Pep is because he dominates the situation. Okay? When there is a situation, let's say, for example, Kevin out, Ilkay does not extend, Bernardo bye-bye leaves, we're all in tears. We start off the season. First six games, three draws, three losses. We're winless. There's a high probability that Pep will probably start thinking about leaving. Pep does not get fired. (laughs) Pep walks away before he does not handle criticism very well. This is a huge 
This is the reason why he left Barcelona. Mourinho was running his mouth so fucking much in Madrid. And the newspapers were running with it so much and causing this feud. He said, I'm out. I'm not dealing with this shit. And literally resigned from Barcelona. No, There's no way anyone can convince me Barcelona's wanted him to leave. There's no way anyone convinced me Bayern Munich were okay with him leaving that way. Well, Bayern is different because they're German. They don't really value him that way. But I feel like if you look at Guardiola in the time that he had at Bayern Munich, he acclimated well. Him and his wife did the holiday stuff, Oktoberfest. He speak. He tried to speak German. He still tries to speak German to this day when he does the newspapers, when they do uh, the reporters over there in Champions League. So he's still a little bit cultured over there, and he made an effort. But Pep, again, seeing the writing on the wall, the challenging over there, he does not get fired. He leaves before things go down in a negative way because he knows it doesn't matter if you win the treble. It doesn't matter if you win the Champions League, the Premier League, three, four, five years in a row. If you are bad, it's all about what you are doing for me lately. And if you are bad now, he's not the one to handle the criticism of, well, he's got to go. He's not, he doesn't do the Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger was, was, in my humble opinion, too stubborn to be in the role that he was. The guy just did not want to leave when there was so much like, enough. Come on, dude. We get it. There's just something about him that he couldn't let go. Pep is completely 180. He will not do that arson shit. He does not do that. We have been the longest sustained situation for Pep. And there's a reason to that. I think he should do the arson banger. Completely, completely stay until he's outlasted his welcome and pretty much buried the club in the mud. I mean, if he wants to really... Uh, Put a cherry on top of his legacy. I think that's the way to go. Pull an Arsene Wenger, uh, get City relegated nearly, you know, just fuck the club up with bad signings and, and bad coaching and all that. Well, I mean, it won't, it just won't last. It won't. Pep, Pep, I think Pep knows in two years, should Holland stay? That's going to be the big thing. Does the team want him? Do, does are we responding well to his coaching? Is Julian Alvarez at that time ready to take the starting role? Should Holland leave, like everyone's anticipating? Does Pep give him the assurance that he's staying? Because Holland might be saying, "I am. I'm only here because of Pep," which he is. Exactly. And th- that's a conversation to be had. I'd imagine. And 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 to be quite clear, there's no one who I favor more than going into a conversation to commit to get one of the greatest players. In, our, in the generational right now, in the game right now, to sit down and have a conversation about staying at City. If Pep and Holland want to do it together and continue, it will be done. If not, Holland goes to Madrid, pay up. We'll get the right manager next, Vincent Company. I hope you're ready at the time. And, and we move. Before Pep Guardiola, under Mansoor, with Kyle Dune, we found ways to win. We had trust in Pellegrini. We had trust in Mancini. And I still, in an era after Pep, understand and can realize it's not going to be the same. The levels are going to be dropped. I hope that the fans, while expecting a good level of play, we have to manage the expectations and we'll have conversations then. But at this point, I think Pep is worried about doing something no one's ever done. Four four, uh, Premier League titles in a row. I think Pep is worried about, right now, I think he's worried about having as many cigars and champagne as he wants. And in a couple months, I think he'll get be hungry again. Her, Holland, Holland has already indicated it. They will. This is not something that's ending. When you see other clubs who have done this Champions League and runs like that, look in the Madrids. 
they were older. Casemiro leaves. You have, uh, I mean, uh, the uh, uh, Ronaldos, you know, uh, the Mezzarozuls. When they when they do their thing, they move on. They, they it's time. There's only a handful of players that are leaving for us, and all of them. The only one is one one is over thirty. The rest of our club is still prime, still young. This is that's the scariest part. If I'm a hater of City right now, the scariest part is that realistically, Gundogan over thirty, Bernardo twenty eight, but I mean a great player for us. So you can see, okay, they lose those two tough. Emmerich Laporte leaving rotational center back. Who's twenty eight? Uh, I think Bernardo da Silva. Oh, okay. I thought you said yeah. Gundo one was twenty eight. No, Gundo's thirty plus. Yeah, yeah. Gundo, Gundo's the only thirty plus player that we're losing that season. That that's what happens in most teams that are like going through a, a crazy run. You see them and they're mainly over thirty. O- older, they get rid of them. Lewandowski goes. You get all these players that are just a little bit more seasoned. The team makes a great run. They do it, and then they all leave and they all pepper their way out with other locations. That can't be the case with City. Laporte is gonna go. Gundogan is gonna go. Bernardo is gonna go. Sergio Gomez on loan. You're gonna have four to five leaving, but the core, the nucleus, is still on contract. That's the most dangerous thing for everyone. Yeah, I mean Foden, Holland, Alvarez. Um, how old is Rodri again? Rodri, twenty five, twenty six. So he's still, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. That is a scary thing for sure, for sure. But it's a different team without Pep. I think, I think most people know that. You know, well, Pep, I'm talking next year. I'm, yeah, I'm talking yeah, directly. Yeah. Next oh year. yeah, yeah, next year, next year for sure. But you know, Haaland, Haaland might not need to go to uh, Real Madrid because have you seen the news that is broken in the last thirty minutes or so? Holy shit! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fabrizio Romano, bomb to start the transfer window, which opens tomorrow. Holy shit. Kylian Mbappe informs Paris Saint-Germain he's not renewing his extension he has. I guess he has an option next year. Yeah, I was reading it. He won't. He informed them, wrote them a letter. He won't extend, and PSG will not let him walk away on a free. So... They may be selling Kylian Mbappe this summer. No, no. I mean, I'm sorry. If it quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. They may be selling. They are selling. This, look, look I, logistically, walk me through this. Walk me through this. BSG are chilling. Kylian Mbappe has wrote a formal letter. Nice little handwriting. Does a little logo, too, on the side. Does this thing. I will not be extending. Breaking news. Opened it up. There's always something. You fucking predicted this, by the way, in a text message, you asshole. You always do this little shit where you're like, I don't know. I think there's always someone who goes in the window, a big player. And I'm just like, I don't see it this year, bro. I think Declan's the guy. Fucking Killian Mbappe breaking news is about to go somewhere. It's Madrid. Yeah. That's that's what I said. I have two theories. I have two theories on this. Go on. The first theory is... Madrid, who are in need of a striker, don't want to negotiate with Daniel Levy, have probably been talking to Mr. Mbappe and said, hey, we need a striker bad. We need a new face of our team. Benzema's been the face. Vinny's the new face of the team, but let's face it, half the country of Spain hates him because he's black. I mean, (laughs) that's just how it is. It's true, though. 
it's it's valid. It's, it's so valid. valid. It's valid. That's not my it's opinion. out there. That's not so my cool. opinion. But I mean, you have the asshole La Liga president who won't even apologize to him for the way his 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 it's team's bad. fans treat him. So obviously, the dude's a racist and probably doesn't want to market Vinny Junior. So, um, yeah, I think I think Madrid's already been chatting him up, and he said, "Fuck it, I'm going to go there now." My second theory, and this will take a lot to happen, but Qatari ownership, Manchester United, yeah. possible new owners, talks that they were working with PSG to facilitate the move, yeah. Mbappe to United, possible, as their yeah. first big splash as owners of Man United. Yeah. yeah That's I my can, two I... theories. I think the first one's probably more likely. Mm-hmm. I think we all know Mbappe wants to go to Madrid. He took mm-hmm. the cash instead of the glory at Madrid. But I'm pretty sure that first theory is probably what really happened is they said, hey, we we're going to try to get Kane. It's not going to happen. Kai Havertz, they want fucking uh, uh, too much money. We value him at $10 million. They want <laughs> 60 Um I think that first theory is probably what, what happened. They've been chatting him up and said, hey, come here now. So this makes me feel Harry Kane is definitely staying at Tottenham or going to United, and it's going to take an absolute overpay. I don't think Levy's going to sell him to United. Yeah, this makes me think he's going to stay. I don't disagree with you. I obviously have noted Levy's shrewdness many times. Fuck Harry Kane. Let's talk about Mbappe. Yeah, no, no. That's but the, a big move. It is. It's chain reaction for me. It's chain reaction. The, the the moment I hear the Kylian Mbappe, I start to realize, okay, so who's really like tomorrow – Tomorrow, right now, based on this news, tomorrow, 100%, it's done. And in my opinion, it's Bernardo Silva. This means 100%. With PSG seeing this, actually, no, do I? They're going to have the money to spend. Killian and, and Bernardo know each other from, from, from Monaco days. I don't know. Obviously, Bernardo's not a fit for Madrid. That's not going to happen. I definitely feel like Madrid lead. It's the 1A option, 100%. But it's it's the reaction thing that I'm trying to get ahead of right now. I'm trying to think what clubs are going to benefit. So from your this. your view is basically, it's Madrid. It's always been Madrid. It's definitely Madrid. I'm trying he to won't. figure out what's next. So yeah, you think it's Madrid? I think so too. I think so too because they'll they'll pay the. They're asking for probably two hundred million. They'll pay it. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Um, they'll get it to work. And I just don't think he really cares to go to the Premier League. I don't. So do you believe now fire sale for PSG and Chelsea this summer? So uh, clear, clearing house. I think uh, PSG have already gotten Vitinha, a little Portuguese player. Looks like Bernardo though might be coming. You're losing Kylian, Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi this summer. Okay, Neymar might stay. Neymar likes to be the faces of teams, so he might stay. A lot of times he left Barcelona because of Messi, Madrid, Mbappe. I mean, PSG, Mbappe. So he might stay now. Um, but if they sell all three, that would be crazy. Well, Messi walked on a free. Yeah. So this is this is, this is is where I'm going with this. If you're a particular shit club in Manchester from the red side, you lose Harry because he ain't selling to you. Mbappe... Is going to Madrid. You can try to get in the conversations, but Madrid are going. It's Madrid. There's legacy. If you lose that history battle, 
slap in the face. But it's obviously Madrid have the edge. If you look at know anything about, let's get it out there right now. Kylian Mbappe wrote a children's book about his life and his story. The child in the children's book, him, the character Kylian Mbappe, signs for his childhood club, Real Madrid. So I'm sorry. There's no. I'm not going to listen to any speculation that he's he secretly linked to United. He really always loved United. We're not doing this. Every bit of physical, actual, real evidence, which is what people work with, understand Kylian Mbappe to Real Madrid is clear as day the 1A option. Clear. No question. Just means to me, if you're United and you miss Harry, you miss Kylian, you might be desperate and overpay like you typically shit do, like a shit club. Go overpay for Neymar. And go get a, a, a an absolute beat up, injured, drama filled Brazilian who's going to fit with Anthony. It's going to fit with Casamigos, and see how that works. I'm just going down the, the the scenario. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I think I think they'll probably you know I don't know what's going on with the sale. It's weird how it's going down, but that would be an interesting scenario. But. I would think PSG is going to, if this is this is what's happening and Fabricio's breaking it, so obviously it's what's happening, mm-hmm. and they want to sell, they're probably going to want to sell him quickly so they can get that money in and they can go out and have a, a shopping spree of their own, bring in Bernardo Silva, you know, bring in some other attackers and stuff like that. They'll probably make a bullshit bid for Odegaard and, and Saka <laughs> and stuff like that, but they will get turned down, no doubt. And... um yeah, very interesting uh, uh, news there. Didn't did not expect that, but I knew something big would come. Did not think it would be Mbappe. I thought Neymar would be a bigger transfer, but yeah, that's that's big news. And I, I was thinking along with you that it's probably Madrid have probably said, "Hey, we have a need to fill here. Why don't you Why don't you inform your club you won't be coming back, so they can sell you to us, and we can go and uh, challenge for the Champions League again next year." So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, this will be transfer a bad news. Time. What's that? Yeah, real quick, just to just to get off. Let's break. Let's go right into the transfer news. But this would be a bad time to tell you that Vinicius Junior. officially changed his number today from Real Madrid for t- from twenty to the number seven. So this would be a bad time to tell you that fun fact. He'll be Real Madrid's number nine. <laughs> hey, you're right. So number change, real quick. You want to make a bet on who's what the number change is going to be? Who wears ten well, right now? Modric, right? Modric is yeah. it Modric? I think so. So seven, we know Vinicius just got today. You can look it up to verify. Maybe Twitter got me wrong. I have been drunk for the last few days because I'm celebrating a treble. Reminder to anyone who's not paying attention: City, or Manchester City champions of Europe are representing a treble. I am fucked up. I might have it wrong, but I think Vinicius has changed from 20 to 7 today. That, okay. that is official. Excellent. I'm not that fucking high or drunk. Great. So he has 7 officially. 10 is taken. You are predicting right now the number 9, which I think is really the most logistic uh, option. Yeah. 100%. Benzema's number. That has not been given away. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. How hilarious that Eden Hazard was having, was holding the seven. That's fucking great. 
What a fucking bum. You know, Madrid don't take the L on that fucking transfer as much as they should, man. That guy has done absolute shit for them. That man has eaten more tapas than that man has done anything over there, bro. I was going to say, that that was also the, the the number of his favorite combo meal at McDonald's. I'll take the number seven. It's like, oh, I didn't want the number seven. I, I thought you were ordering us food. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I guess I'll wear seven. that number two. Ronaldo wore it. <laughs> oh my god bro that fat fuck he's another one who doesn't do shit infamously trains like trash stretch basura player bro go back to fucking where is he gonna go on a free probably the saudi league (laughs) they probably would pay his ass yeah he'd probably focus on money yeah why not and they won't care if he's in shape or not so probably perfect for him um yeah more more transfer news about an hour ago um, Jacob Steinberg from the Guardian is reporting that West Ham and Arsenal are very close on the Declan Rice deal. Finally, um, it's being reported uh, by Steinberg. Let me get this right. That it's pretty much tunnel vision on Arsenal now. There's other clubs that are interested, but nobody's really making a move because it seems like uh, Rice is his pre- Rice prefers Arsenal. So. They are getting close on the details. It will be a deal that with add-ons will add up to over a hundred million pound. And yeah, it was also in there. So we'll talk about that. And then also in the article is that, you know, they're also considering bidding for Caicedo and they are still working on trying to get Gundogan to sign. So that was in the article as well. So um, interesting stuff there from the rice standpoint Uh, for me. This seems pretty done for me. Um, You know, even with the Mudrick thing last year, while Mudrick was flirting with um, Arsenal the whole time, Fabricio was also reporting the whole time Arsenal's in, but Chelsea is there. They are interested. They will bid. And nobody was believing him, but that was being reported. And we know Fabricio's a little fangirl of Chelsea, so he has all the best contacts. Mm -hmm. And... You know, for this deal, there's not really much. You know, there was a the little Bayern thing, but that was quickly shot down. There's no real, there's no real links with other clubs. People are scared of City coming in. I don't think City really do business like that, where they just come in and steal steal a, a transfer. They usually identify their targets, reach out, get the get the terms agreed, let them know they're interested, and and work on the deal in silence almost. Um, mm-hmm. They're not. They're not little rats like Chelsea or United where they try to make a big splash, steal a headline. So, yeah, I don't think I I think from my perspective, I'm going to guess this is all speculation, but just reading how these things work. I think Declan Rice said, hey, I got you guys a European trophy. I got you guys a Europa final last year. My time at West Ham is done. I want to go to Arsenal and I would appreciate if you do all you can. I'm not going to have my agent leaking that out, so it ruins the negotiations. Declan Rice is a smart guy, so he would know that. So he would say, I'm not going to ruin your leverage and say I want Arsenal and Arsenal only. I'm not going to do that to you. So you do this for me. You work with Arsenal on getting me over there. Thank you very much. Put the European trophy in the cabinet. It's been a while, and I'm out. Mic drop. And should this go the way you just described, The levels of professionalism from Declan, from West Ham, and Arsenal should be absolutely applauded. 
and we should look at the Chelsea's and the United's and anyone else, including my club, should we make the call and the report is accurate. Scoundrels. The day of being able to accept a true agreement and just stick to it are long gone. My dad listens sometimes. That little fucker would love that shit right there. I'm telling you right now, the old folk love this type of shit. And if Declan at a young age shows that level of professionalism to basically tell you, uh, West Ham, look, I'm cooling. I'm not going to do the dumb shit. Just get it done with Arsenal. We're good. We're celebrated. Keep it moving. That is wonderful shit. And I would love, I, I watched, what is, the, I, I asked you, I'm still fucking hammered. What is the name of the fucking guy for AFTV that does the tactics with the glasses? The white dude. James. James made me absolutely convinced that Declan could do it with Arsenal. When you look at the stats, you look at the heat map, you look at where they're most likely going to stick him. The numbers, the logistics behind it, it's a quality move. You could not tell me the same for any other fucking club, my club included. Get the fucking deal done. It improves your squad. It solidifies your cornerstone right now that says, we just witnessed history we don't like. We could have had it. We're about to make our move. And I dare United to pivot. I dare the, well, Newcastle really hasn't been in. Those cheeky bastards don't know what the fuck they're up to. What's right now. the deal? I think they're up against FFP because I saw something that they can only spend seventy-five million this summer, which I'm happy about <laughs> for, from from a, from a rival standpoint. Well, I guess a Champions League rival, but yeah. from a standpoint like that, I'm happy about that. But I, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's because FFP because their owners seventy-five million is is pocket change for them. Yeah, they like the same winger. They like the same winger that City are looking at for right. Uh, RB Leipzig. He's uh, Hungarian. He's a really, really good player. I cannot pronounce his name, but it starts with an S. Um, he's a really, really good player. City have been linked with him for a long time now. Um, him and then uh, Florian Wirtz. We have been linked with him for over two years now. I would love to see if Lewin Give him up if City really follow up on him. But Newcastle, recently, I have seen Florian Wirtz and that Hungarian uh, winger forward that plays for Leipzig. Um, He's younger, really, really good. I actually rate him. I'm interested to see what Newcastle do. But I, without this Killian news, that Declan update, if I'm United, I'm shitting my pants. I'm shitting my pants because you know Chelsea are about to pivot because that was an option. Chelsea losing. United have to deal with that pivot that Chelsea have to deal with in two ways. Who are they going to go get? Because United feel like they need a midfielder. But also, how are they going to deal with negotiations with uh, with Mason Mount? United have been just absolutely salivating for him. Unless United fans are going to tell me they weren't salivating for fucking Cody Gapko. Unless they're going to tell me they weren't salivating for him. Because all I remember they about did. Cody... They, yeah, absolutely they fucking were. They were balls deep for fucking Cody Gapko. And then he goes to fucking Liverpool, and then it was, no, our manager didn't really raid him. And, well, no, it was a target, but we weren't going to. Yeah, kick rocks, United, because all you do is you are pivot FC. Clubs come in, and you don't do it. The player doesn't want you. You pivot. That's how you got Harry. That's how you got Fred. That's why you're fucking trash. I would love this situation to go down. Arsenal to Declan makes sense. 
And I'm not even a hater. I'd rather, fu- I'd rather play against it than not. Let them fucking go to Arsenal. I don't give a Hulu fuck. Yeah. From an Arsenal perspective, it's an exciting signing. This mm-hmm. guy, we knew he was going to leave West Ham soon. We weren't even in a conversation with him a year ago. Why would we be? And if we get this deal done, which, you know, crazy things happen, so we can't, I'm not going to sit here and celebrate it. <clears throat> but it sounds like it's, it's, it's going to happen. It might not. But if it does happen, it's, it's such an exciting signing because a year ago you couldn't imagine us getting Declan Rice. He was going to go to Chelsea. He was going to go to City. He was going to go to one of those clubs. So for him to come to us because he wants to, um, that would be exciting. Very exciting. I mean, you can't underestimate what he did for West Ham. Um, he took them up, up the table. They finished sixth last year. Um, great season. This year they get a European trophy. And to go out like that, that's amazing. I think he's a great, great leader. I, I really love his leadership. He could be when Harry Kane leaves the face of England. So it's a big, big signing for Arsenal. And he's a baller. He could play. He could play. Um, wasn't on my top of my midfield list, but Arteta identifying him and saying, I want him, makes me think that Arteta's got something planned for him. And I like his his mental attributes. The guy's a leader, all that good stuff. And just the fact that we are in these conversations now is very, very important for this club. Very, very important. And getting it done early means, yeah, we can say, oh, we spent this much. We have this much budget left. Okay, let's go get Caicedo next, which would be such an impact. You go get those two guys. That is such a statement. That is the statement they need. Mm-hmm. Man City would still be the favorites, but that makes that Arsenal. You're saying if that, that move happens, you're saying, all right, it's another Arsenal City for the for the league title rematch. That's what you're saying. Those two that that happens. That's going to be such a tough midfield. Yeah, I'm really I really struggle to disagree there. I really I'm thinking it off the cuff. Uh, Liverpool pay a release clause for Gabriel Viega. I might be having another thought process. I really rate him, but he doesn't. He's not the Declan guy, say though proven. So I completely yep. agree. PL proven. Yeah, sometimes exactly. these guys can come in and and take six months to get acclimated. Those six months could be eight points dropped, and you're already in a Champions League battle. So preach, preach, spot on, spot on. So you obviously have to rate the Premier League proven players. I will say. My support for Arsenal stops after the Declan Rice. The Moises the Moises Casado, I'm now butt cheeks clinched moment. Okay, this is this is getting a little moment. What are we about to fucking do? You gotta understand, I am still drunk and high off my fucking treble, but I still have the logistics to understand. I am starting next season with the true perennial facts, potentially. Hurt Kevin, no Gundo, no Bernardo. I love the treble boys, but one of the things my club has taught me is, and these moments, year after year lately, we've been pretty pissed off about a disappointing season, either winning the Prem or doing a double or having something, but failing at the end because we didn't get the Champions League final. Right now, I would be figuring out what the next step is, and I see the next step is getting that young midfielder we need and going for that winger. Joskal Gavardio. Mateo Kovacic seemed locked in at this point, but we got other moves to make. From an Arsenal perspective, Declan Rice makes sense. 
I wash my hands with it. Can't do nothing with it. Good for Arsenal stepping up and having a foot down against these other clubs who are spending without a fucking consideration or a conscience with their fucking checkbook. I'm looking at you, Bowley. I'm looking at you, Glazers. These fucks don't know what they're doing. Props to Arsenal if they want to come in and put their foot down and solidify themselves and say we're not a joke by signing Declan Rice. But Moises Caicedo, fuck that. I'm scared too much. Uh Uh-uh. Not having that thought process. We need to make a move. That makes me want to start looking at my club. Hey, hangover. Get it cleaned the fuck up. What are we doing? Chicky, this is your time. Because Moises Caicedo and Declan Rice, that would be a huge, huge. You just told Thomas Partey, rotation. And going into this year, halfway through the year, Thomas Partey was a legit stud. He got called out with injuries, and then he got outplayed in big moments. So you can make a conversation. The Atletico Madrid came out of him. But logistically, you just told Thomas Partey, you are a rotation, dog. And that is big moves. Because midfield-wise, I'm sorry. With what city you're about to lose? (laughs) Who's got a better midfield on the fucking Premier League? Moises Casado, Thomas Partey, Declan Rice, Odegaard. Odegaard. This is silly. This is silly. Everyone better be fucking scared. This ain't no joke. That's not that's not a game, bro. That's that's dominating. Chelsea are gonna get slapped. Chelsea are gonna get slapped. Look at their midfield compared to yours if that's the lineup. Look at Tottenham's midfield compared to that. That is scary times. You start Declan at the six, Godsedo diverse anywhere. Fucking hell. Odegaard camming it? Nah, bro. Nah. Fears. Fearful times. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be great. Um, but one step at a time, let's get the Declan deal done. That is a huge, huge move. Um, and hopefully it happens. I'd, I'd be very excited for that. And, you know, I think, you know, all the, the project is starting to come to its its apex where we could say the process is done. The process is almost complete. The final step in the process now, win some major trophies. Mm-hmm. That's the next. That's the final step. We already got an FA Cup at the beginning. Should have got more this year. But you go get Declan Rice. You go get Caicedo. Um, let's just say Gundogan comes as well. Now, I think I think it's interesting if they're trying to get a third midfielder. I wonder if they do that, they're going to do Caicedo at right back and pack the midfield, have Caicedo invert instead of uh, Zinchenko and just pack the shit out of the midfield. That, that would be crazy, but it's all speculation at this point. But yeah. me saying the process is, is coming to an end. We need to start winning trophies. Another big thing happened this weekend. Saliba resigns. I said Ooh. in the beginning that was transfer window is great, but just as important as the transfer window is Saka. Saka was done a month ago. We knew about that. Actually, I think in March we knew about that. <laughs> but Saliba, that was just as important as any transfer we can make one of the best young center backs in world football. You have to keep him on at this project. He has to grow with us. And he signed. Things were looking a little dicey at some points. We saw Madrid was trying to come in for him, Munich, um, PSG, and even those scoundrels uh, that are your noisy neighbors in Manchester were also coming in for him. Um, So that just shows you how highly thought of this guy is. And, And we saw this year when he left our team, we were completely different. So that was huge. And that, to me, that's another thing that you go to to transfer targets and you tell them, look, look how good we played last year. All those guys, 
they re-signed till 2027. They're all re-signed to 2027. We just need a couple missing pieces. You, Declan, you're one of those pieces. You, Caicedo, you're another one of those pieces. Come here to Arsenal. We got a great fan base. We battled for the league for 95% of the, this season, led it for 90%. We just need, we ran out of steam. You're that missing piece, Declan. You're that missing piece, Caicedo. And don't worry. We're going to be here for a while. Saliba just signed to 2027. Mm-hmm. Odegaard's about to sign to 2029. Ramsdale signed. Saka signed. Martinelli signed. So you're coming here, and this isn't no Chelsea where they're flipping managers in and out, where they're bringing $600 million worth of transfers in and out. This is, this is a stable project. We just mm-hmm. need a couple pieces. It's a good, good sell when you lock down your targets. Something Arsenal has not been able to do. Alexis Sanchez to United. Um, Aaron Ramsey on a free. Fucking, uh, what the? Bellerin. Bell, no, not, not Bell, eh, Bellerin. <laughs> yeah, whatever, fuck him. But no, what's the dude? I can't think of his name. Um, He's home oh, home. Van Persie. Van Persie to United. Oh, yeah, Rob. You know, all these fucking guys that just left stuff. Cesc Fabregas going to Barcelona, could have came back to Arsenal, goes to Chelsea. This is something we've been terrible, terrible at for about 20 fucking years. So major props to Edu, Richard Garlic, Arteta for fixing this. The next thing we have to fix, be ruthless in the transfer window. Getting this Declan Rice deal done this week would show me that ruthlessness. Transfer window opens tomorrow. You get that done in the first week, boom. And then you go, all right, we're not done. We're not done. Caicedo, you want to go to Chelsea or you want to come play with this project that has stability, that has ballers signed till 2027? Not no fucking eight-year signings where they're fucking regretting it already. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just really happy with how things are looking. We have to complete the window, and then we go hard starting – from first game of preseason till the very end of the next season, which hopefully is the last day of the Premier League, semifinals, Champions League, stuff like that. So I'm going to say a few things. And I don't want, I had to write all four of these down to make sure. I I got four things to say about this. The last one is going to be a little bit more speculation because it's news that I saw about Villa. And I want your thoughts on it because it's a particular name that you might be familiar with i don't know if you looked it up if you want to look at recent villa news to kind of get yourself a little hint that will tell you the first thing i have to say is i completely agree with you the stability perspective that you're giving to other clubs and other players is a serious serious problem for the haters because you are basically telling the world we are no longer that club that was going in between things trying to figure it out we fully back the manager their stability here you are really sending a message The next two things I'm about to say are truly, I'm high and drunk. I'm not saying this to be fucked up. I'm saying this because it's truly, it's making a point. What City are doing right now is telling the young players, you don't necessarily have to choose the Uniteds with all that shit. You don't have to necessarily choose the Real Madrids. You can go to a club like Arsenal that has... History, not as much as some of these other clubs, because I was doing some digging once I found got the fucking trouble to my fucking name. Arsenal, from a Champions League perspective, don't really have that that history. 
you can really make a younger player understand right now, hey, look at what City are doing. We got the assistant from over there. We got the players. We're building something over here. Their case in point, you can do our own history right now. I think that's a real thing. The second point that I want to get to that sounds a little bit disrespectful before the Villa point. Gundogan just literally completed Premier League football in history. He is not staying in the league. He's not staying in the league. That's why I really didn't mention it until the end. There is physically no... I, I would bet the mortgage right now on my fucking home that's above my wife and kids. No way Gundogan is staying in the league. And that goes to City included. He's done. He's capped. I've watched all of his Saudi? I don't think so. <laughs> they're, they're interested. Of course they are. You know, he's he's a great representation. I mean, he feeds children. He does great poverty work. He's a great, honest leader, which is why Pep is dying for the club to try to resign him and extend. But I truly believe it's Barcelona and the rest of the field. I don't even include Manchester City second at this point. We just completed football, and he was our captain. He's starting a family. Just go, and if he does, he's not staying in Inglaterra. He's not staying in England. He's moving on. Agreed. I've said that the whole time. I just figured it was just reported from the Guardian. What's a good name in the article? So just just saying. But but the point was, they they might be looking at another midfielder. So I'm wondering like. Okay, what what is he cooking? Because I highly doubt they're going to drop eighty million on Moise Caicedo and then say, "Ah, oh, your rotation because Gundogan's here, or because X is here." You know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're probably going to play all of them. Ben White's going to have to sit bench and be a rotational right back, center back. That's that's my point. Have you guys been targeting a right back? That's my first question when yes, I hear Ben. We were, White. we were linked to yesterday, and the fan base went mad. Castagni okay. from Leicester City. I saw that. So, Timothy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how true it is. Um, for me, I try to see things. I don't really rate the signing, but he wouldn't start, number one. Number two, I'm guessing they're looking at a $12 million right back rotational piece mm-hmm. because they're probably going to bid $80 million on Moise Caicedo. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I see it. I'm, that's a good read. It, if they're, they're probably going bigger at right back if that was the case. So yep. that's how I see it. That's a valid so I, didn't, I didn't go crazy over it. I don't know much about the guy to have a real opinion. Yeah. You know, I don't. He's a Belgium international. I know that. But I don't have an opinion. I just try to see, okay, if we're trying to cheap out on a rotational right back who's probably going to play 10 games, mm-hmm. it's probably because we're going to make another big bid for Moise Caicedo as soon as Rice is wrapped up. That's my thoughts. Yeah, that's clear as day. You're reading it right. I would I would go with the same pers- same impression because of who you've been linked before, what the potential thought process. You know, you, when you're looking at the big board in your head, that's exactly how it would go. Because basically, if you're going cheaper in an area, it's because you're going bigger somewhere else, and you can slide in a guy who can actually play that same position. It just makes logical sense. So yeah, it's just scary for me to think that Ben White, from from what we've seen could potentially go to a rotational role because when it get, when we get to that point, it's kind of like, I mean, fuck <laughs> the midfielders already yeah. seem to be locked in and you're rotating even Ben white, who I thought was that's how you show up the next level though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. Cause I mean, John stones and, and the Swiss army knife that he is, I, I rate, I mean, we were having conversations through the year, Ben white and John stones and how diverse both of them were and how, 
playing them together for England would be astronomical and being able to just be so diverse from an attacking perspective, even from a defensive standpoint, because I feel like both of them could still uh, supplement a good amount of, of, of support knowing that they can move forward. That pressure is, is astronomical when teams have to think about that. So, yeah, uh, Ben White going rotational would also be a, a scary sign. Um, my, I do want to ask about Aston Villa, the technical director of Sevilla by the name of Monchi, who was linked. What's his name? Monchi, M-O-N-C-H-I, okay. Monchi. This technical director done a really good job. Sevilla seemed to be dominating some of those other European cups that are lower. Monchi was linked as a director role before Ido took Edu took the role for Arsenal. I guess he turned him down or something. The reason why it's a little speculation is because, you know, he turned down Arsenal. Now he's projected to go to Villa and work with Unai. I'm just kind of thinking, what are your note? What is your take on this? Because you've noted, like, like, I mean, it's smart. Villa, Villa spend, Villa do their thing. Villa go out there and try to be a top club. And with them going to go get Monchi, we could be seeing a little bit of a, a rise from the villains. Yeah, and they got Tillemans on a free. Um, I think that's, that's right. a good signing for them. They they were linked with Vlahovic at one point, so they're they're aiming high. Whether they can land those targets, that's a whole other story. But Unai's a good coach. He's always been one. It was bad timing when he came to Arsenal. Things were not – there wasn't stability like there is now. So in another universe, Unai could have worked out. Um, and Unai's a perfect manager for if your target is just that third to eighth kind of range, middle of the top table, he could do it for you. I mean, he if they – if they, if they land some – I mean, Tielemans is a nice little start before the window. Good, reliable midfielder. Um, definitely definitely a good little start. I, Douglas Louise, who Arteta is a big fan of. Had, I thought he had a fantastic season last year. Really oh. did. You could see why Arteta wanted him because Unai took him and brought him to a different level. I thought he was one of the better DMs in the league last year, Louise. He contributed with some goals too. Um, and, you know, we were – linked with him in the beginning of the last window. We just didn't want to overpay. Um, so you can definitely see another good player. You know, you you bring in Tielemans. I don't know who else, but like a couple of other. They need some more attacking options, in my yeah. opinion. Bailey's not reliable. Ollie Watkins is good, but who's really behind him? Who's delivering the goals? So if no. they can bring in a, another nice attacker, um, West Ham's linked to Harvey Barnes. Can they bring in a Barnes and somebody else like that? Um, maybe a backup striking option. Or, hey, Vlahovic, I, I don't know. I don't see that happening. I don't think he would go there. But some someone like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Aston Villa's a team to watch out for. They have the financial backing, the financial power. They were also looking at tyranny. I know Newcastle sounds like probably that's what's going to happen. But – they're looking at tyranny too, so they're looking to make moves. And um, if there's a sleeper club, you know, Newcastle was that sleeper club that snuck in the Champions League. Uh, Brighton was a sleeper club that snuck in the Europa League. So they're definitely – I don't know if you could say they're a sleeper because they had such a strong second half, but they're a club to watch out for. I'm more worried about Villa next year than Tottenham. I'll tell you that much. Facts. 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 That manager thinks uh, – a lot of people praise him, but I got to see it. 
the Tottenham ball. I don't I don't believe in anything that they're going to do over there. Although I say that as I just completed world football and I or European football and I need my club to score at that fucking stadium. So Yeah. So let's end with this uh city stuff. Two two things. So we talked about Liverpool. I mentioned it. They got every trophy available. European Super Cup coming up. Community Shield with Arsenal. Um you guys have won a community shield though before. And then um, Club World Cup. What are your thoughts on the Club World Cup? So this is a UEFA thing. This is this is football corruption, I think, at its finest to have to have to money do this. grab, you're saying? It's money grabbing. It's it's money grabbing. You tell these clubs that you know you get to it, which also <laughs> I, I know you want to end on this, and I agree with you, but this is this is a good little segue. This this portion brings it up, too. I'll be watching these Club World Cup games, which I have not spent a second on in my life um, ever. So I'll be watching them, since you, you will be as well for the podcast. So yeah. I would definitely have to watch as well. But I was just wondering your thoughts on that, because it's a competition that, yeah, I, to me, it's a complete nonsense competition. I mean, We're gonna, yeah. it's, always, it's always the Champions League team, team that wins it. I mean, you just it's 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 the Yankees going against the fucking uh, the fucking uh, Savannah Bananas or something like that. Seriously, and it's just it's it's there's levels. It's so it's powerhouses going against fucking triple A teams. It's really it's really dumb. It's really dumb. Um, There there are a few things to kind of point out about it. I think the so the UEFA Super Cup will be playing against Sevilla. That's against Sevilla. The the FIFA World Cup, uh, the the Club World Cup, the FIFA Club World Cup, will be playing probably some Harris. Yeah, River Plot, Boca Juniors wins the fucking um, American Champions League, the Concacaf Champions League, like stuff like that. Yeah. So I honestly I don't really care about that. What I do want to note is. Payouts, Brian. We have some registered potential finding out on who gets what for what. City are rumored to be getting around two hundred ninety-five million for winning the treble overall from from gross uh, 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 earnings. One hundred and thirty-one million in prize money broken down to the English clubs, other than City. So for the City doing it, by the way, you're welcome fucking Chelsea, Liverpool and Tottenham. Chelsea get 94 million, Liverpool get 82 million and Tottenham, those fucking bastards get 64 fucking million. West Ham earned 23 million for winning the Europa Conference League. Fucking hell. Europa representatives, Man United and Arsenal each received, oh I'm sorry. Uh United received 31 million, Arsenal got 26 million. The Models suggest that Inner received about a hundred million for reaching the Champions League final. And for getting to the Champions League final, these other shit clubs got the following 85 million to AC Milan. Napoli gets 77 million, and Juventus luck out with 65 million. It's pretty fucking wild to me how that kind of breaks down. Just to kind of keep that in mind when you get two Champions League, you know, your country gets a Champions League final in there. Those other top four clubs are going to get revenue because they made it. 
So that's kind of how it breaks out. We're going to get the official numbers later this week, but I just thought that that would be potentially interesting to kind of know going into the window. There's some in the no accounts repeat, uh, reporting that the Qatari Manchester United deal is almost done and will be so, announced tomorrow. United Mbappe that uh that would that would be a signing. That would be a signing. That is trusting Eric Ten Hag. We also need to know the levels of power that Kylian Mbappe was just having and what he would have to relinquish at whatever club he goes to. Or should he relinquish? Do we see a potential power struggle with Mbappe and United if that goes down? Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, we'll have to come back later because this is, it seems like it's going to be a crazy week. Um, mm-hmm. lots of potential things happening. So we'll have to recap it later in the week when it actually breaks. But what uh, I, we'll what see. I, do. I think it's just hilarious. United fans are just bending over for Qatari owners now. It's Ooh. embarrassing. It's, it's, they've had money. They've had money. Exactly. What's, what's so laughable is that they've had money. This doesn't change anything. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't get a, uh, contrary to popular belief, you dumb fucks, just because you get a Saudi owner, you don't get a blank check. It's not how that works. This concept of you thinking that you get a blank check when a Qatari owner comes in, I don't think you understand. If you really wanted a blank check, you really want, should have asked for an American owner. Bowley was the guy that you're looking for. The American owners come in and spend like a fucking moron. That's how they do it. That guy is a nematode. I don't know what the expectations are because, again, there's no director. There's no front office personnel. You're still going to have those same people unless you're given the Saudis complete power to make that decision. Because, I mean, I don't know. Sheikh Mansour and City Football Group made that decision to let Tiki and let Khaldun make the decisions. We're confident in who we have. So I don't know what they're going to do. This has been so reluctant from United. It, it's, it's, it's laughable. It's laughable. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Hundred percent. But we'll come back later in the week and talk about all these things. Um, congrats to, on the treble. Congrats um, on the Champions League. Keep celebrating. I heard you and Jack Grealish are having competition for who can get more fucked up. Jack's winning, but I have faith in you. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give everything I can for this club. I'm gonna <laughs> give everything that I claim for this club. This is what I can do. I will be taking notes, taking memories. It's a fucking ball. I don't even – I will talk summer transfers because I obviously want to talk about it, and I'm excited for next year. But there is – I really – Fabricio with the Gravardio link. I did see that. I did see that. We're going to pay an astronomical amount, and guess what? I don't give a fuck. Uh-oh. I don't care if we pay one-third of, he might our, have... of our earnings. Yeah. Is it is it out there? Because if it's out there – What is it? Is it? I think it's I think it's a hundred million. I truly think we're gonna give like eighty five plus add ons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. You got cut off there, so I didn't hear what you said. But yeah, that was what they were saying. Uh, I could see it. That would be scary. Uh, you guys are already conceding not too many goals. So Gravardio's beast. Guy's a fucking beast. And like um, there would be a real conversation for best young center back in the league, Saliba or Gavardio. Um That'll definitely be an interesting debate we'll have. 
because if he comes to City, those are those are two of the, the top guys for center back, young center backs. So, but yeah, um, you have a lot of catching up to do. Grealish is is way ahead on 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 points right now. So yeah. you got to make a comeback. So yeah. go enjoy yourself. We'll we'll recap this crazy transfer window that's already happening. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna annoy me. It's exciting now, <laughs> but in another week I'm gonna be over it. So yeah, we'll recap it later in the week, and uh, you get the last words on this one. It's been fun, brother. It's been fun. It's been a great season. It's officially ended. The season is fully over. Now I get to fully reminisce on all of it. Um, I wish everyone a healthy, non-injury fee-free summer. I hope everyone has a ball. Um, I look at the transfer windows, and we'll get a good look as to what's going on. But let the record show that for the 2022-2023 European football season, it is clear the club in Manchester on the blue side, the club with no fans, with no history, just made arguably some of the best history a club can ever fucking do in Europe. And it's been a fun ride. I'm stoked to see how the offseason goes. And on we move. We out. Peace.